Hey, this is Chandler from SCTM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SCTM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SCTM Preps Podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We'd really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SCTM Preps. This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. SETN Preps kicking off your week with a look back at last Friday night of high school football action. And what a week did we have last week, Chandler. We had... We had number one versus number two. That game turned into a blowout. We had the Holy War last week. And then we had what I think, and it's where I want to start today, the biggest, uh, I think it's the biggest upset of the year so far. And let me tell you, it may be the biggest upset. Uh, Well, I say that, but you know what? I think as we go along through the year now, I'm not so sure we don't look back and, you know, at this game between Central and Red Bank that we don't look back at it in November and go, you know, we should have saw that coming. But so far, this has been the biggest upset of the year, and that is Central getting a 23-21 win over Red Bank. Yeah, and Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, because I'm going to eat crow later when we talk in this podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and booster my stats a little bit and say I predicted this. I said – uh, in an earlier podcast that I think Central is primed for an upset of somebody in that region. And lo and behold, not within two weeks, they knock off Red Bank in probably what is, I mean, it's got to be the most shocking thing I've seen this season. You know, Chattanooga Central took out the keys, turned on the ignition, revved on the gas, because they are now in the driver's seat for a home playoff game. I hope you like what I did there, Chris. Fantastic job for for Kurt Jones and crew. They're doing that, by the way, with a freshman quarterback. The real question here is, is this game more about what Central was able to do or more about what Red Bank wasn't able to do? Because I think it's a little bit of both, and I don't think we'll really get the full answer to that except for maybe a few more weeks because this just does not make sense on paper, Chris. Central, you know, two or three weeks ago, they beat Saudi 18-7. Just last week, Red Bank throttles that same team 46-14. It just doesn't make sense. What What is your feel on this one so far? Well, Red Bank gave gave the game away. I mean, Red Bank fumbled once in their own end zone, and then they fumbled a quarterback center exchange that was returned for a touchdown. So they gave 20, uh, 14 of Central's 14 points Red Bank gave them. Now, I give, I give Central credit. Five fumble returns for touchdowns in their last two games, and they're three and one. So I don't say any of that to try to take anything away from Central rather than I want to highlight what Red Bank, you know, you talk about what Red Bank didn't do in this game. I think it was about what Red Bank did in this game. Now, having said all of that, Central's defense came up big, especially late in that game when they were they had to hold on to be able to get that win, and the defense came through for them when they needed to. So, look, I, I you know this is for Central, fantastic win, great win for Kurt Jones, their head coach. The Purple Pounders are three and one. Yeah, 
Yeah, and they, they are, I believe they're 2-0 and now in, in region play. And that's huge, especially considering one of those is Red Bank now. Because here's the thing, Chris, now it's between Chattanooga Central and East Hamilton effectively, barring any other major upsets, because Saudi are, you know, Central already beat Saudi, who I thought would be in the way. I don't see Hickson being that much. I mean, they've already beaten Hickson, too. So, actually, that's three That's three wins for them in the region already. I just, they're going to have a home playoff game How the, wherever this knocks out, Chris. And i got to say, I, I'm just upset that you just completely glossed over the fact that I made a, an accurate prediction on this show for I don't remember Blue it. Moon. I don't remember it. <laughs> We're going to go find that clip. I, I'm going to go find that clip. Yeah, the next podcast, luck. we're going to pop it up. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Uh, we're going to delete everything off of every platform because none of us. What will happened be to the last four subject- episodes, Chris? They just got docked off the <laughs> none podcast. Of us, what? None of us want to be subjected to that. Nobody. Nobody <laughs> wants to be subjected to your gloating. To your point, Chandler, Central takes on East Hamilton October 1st. That game is at East Hamilton. Then they have uh, Sequoia on October 7th. And then they play East Ridge. They are set to close out the season mm-hmm. on October the 22nd at home against East Ridge. So regardless of what happens, even if you lose to East Hamilton, they're going to beat Sequoia. Yeah. But regardless of what happens against East Hamilton, win or lose, you're still going to be looking at a possible, at the worst case, a second-place finish. But you got to take care of business there in that, uh, on October 22nd yeah. against East Ridge because otherwise, you know, look, this this could open up a door for – this could open up – you lose to East Ridge, you no longer control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, and right now, if you're central, you're in the driver's seat. You're in control of of everything right now. So – you got to take take advantage of it now. East Ridge mm-hmm. just lost to Hickson. That's what I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think you know one would look at this right now and say for Chattanooga Central, it's all going to come down to that that game October first against mm-hmm. um, against East Hamilton because they should beat everybody else that's left in that region. They should Chris- beat. And Chris, I got a question for you. I, and honestly, you know, when we look at games and whether we're going to talk about it or not, do you think we would be talking about this game if this were a twenty-three twenty-one game where Central lost? Uh, possibly, possibly, because then I think the angle becomes: Hey, look, Central went toe to toe with Red Bank yeah. and played them pretty well. Yeah. So possibly that we would yeah. be that we would be talking about it if it's the other way. But the the fact that Central was able to win this game. I mean, again, Chandler, I don't know that we're going to see a bigger upset this year than that one. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to gloat about myself. I'm going to gloat about the podcast for a second, so you can be involved with this, Chris, when I say this. Oh, good. I like this. <laughs> we talked to 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 uh, Kurt Jones last year in the preseason, and I remember that interview. We were talking about how they were so young. This preseason, we talked about how they were – Growing up, and they had those juniors and seniors that were once freshmen and sophomores, Chris. Here's the thing. 
they have grown up and they have grown in to what looks like a, a home playoff game, Chris. And, and I just want to say, we were on that bandwagon hey, before anybody that, else in this area. No, you're 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 a hundred percent right. We were, and we kept saying going back to last year that hey, look, give these guys time. Mm-hmm. They're going to grow up, and and eventually Central's got a chance to be pretty good. And I think that time has come. Now this is this is Central, and um, you know, and look. Give those kids credit, man. They yeah. fought. They were opportunistic, and they took ad- advantage of everything that uh, Red Bank gave them. Every time Red Bank cracked open the door a little bit, Central was able to bust it open and keep going. Also, too, Central inducted Jerry Summers. Uh, a lot of folks will know Jerry. He's a been an attorney in Chattanooga for a long time. Jerry is Central High School. Uh, to me, I mean, nobody, nobody flies the flag of Central and is more proud of Central High School than Jerry Summers is. So for for them to put Mr. Summers in their Hall of Fame and then them beat Red Bank this way, that's, I mean, I let me tell you, that was a that was a great night for the Central community to be able to win yeah. that game and and pull it out the way they did. Let's yeah, move. Fantastic. <laughs> let's move on, Chandler. Let's go to number one versus number two. Um, so much for that, right? I mean, we know yeah. who's number one. I'm not sure that any of us right now has a clue as to who the second best team is in Division Two AAA because Macaulay just keeps laying waste to everybody. We know it's not Knox Catholic. Yeah, <laughs> you can go back and find the podcast <laughs> from last week. <laughs> <laughs> you, I ate so much freaking crow this week. You know, like I, I've got leftovers all week of just crow and feathers, Chris. <laughs> you can go back to and listen to the podcast that dropped on Thursday. I said then I thought Macaulay was the most balanced team in our area. If you try to stop the run, they'll throw it on you. If you try to stop the pass, they're going to run it on you. And what? Macaulay came out running the ball, having some success in this game. Knox Catholic started to commit more guys to the box. They were playing man coverage on the outside, and then William Riddle took over. 372 yards passing, six touchdowns. Pick your poison. Pick pick how you want to die when you play Macaulay. Do you want to die like with, uh, you know, do you want to just, do you want to go quick? Uh, like an execution style, or would you rather like die by a thousand paper cuts? Because that's how Macaulay can beat you either way. Mm-hmm. They can beat you either way. Uh, good win for them. I mean, what more can you say, man? They that was a butt whooping they put on uh, Knox Catholic. I don't know any other way to describe it. Yeah, you talk about William Riddle, six touchdowns. By the way, he had one on the ground too. Chris, all I can say is get that man a Mr. Football trophy. I don't care if they vote. You got it. Yes, sir. I mean, that man deserves an award on his desk right now. Yes, sir. Start the engraving. Yeah, yeah, I know that you can't put it on there. You can't technically vote for anybody until, you know, end of November or whatever. Just give it to him. Just let him hold on to it because he's going to have it. Let him carry it to the ceremony. Let him set it down on on the the on the podium up there. I mean, such a great quarterback out there on the field. Just fantastic. And, you know, there's not many times on this podcast I have to eat my words, Chris. I know you probably differ to say that. 
but I did eat some crow. You know, Friday, I thought, you know, I knew McCullough was going to win this one, Chris, but I thought this would be a closer game. I overhyped the Irish, which is what most college football media does in the preseason. Shots fired. Go ahead. McCauley must have have heard that segment and put it on repeat in their locker room. I, maybe I've just got too much pride and think that everybody listens to me, Chris. But, you know, they wanted Knox Catholic to know they were not welcome to the McCauley Invitational happen at Finley, happening at Finley Stadium the first weekend of December, okay? That's exactly what they did Friday night was say, no, you're not getting the call to come. Somebody else is going to have to come take your place, you know, and that's what we're going to start calling this. We're not going to call it the Blue Cross. It's just the McCauley Invitational because McCauley's going. Everybody else is just a guest at this point. I mean, that's that's the way I see it, Chris. And <laughs> feels like everybody else is just a lamb that's going to be led to the slaughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even – it doesn't even feel like we have – like, I mean, you got the – McCauley is slowly becoming like an Alcoa Maryville type situation where they're just there every year and you just you just you know you you're just stuck with having to try to get past them you know Division two and, and you know you think Division two AAA they're a little bit be a little bit more parity you know now it's McCauley's turn to to take that stable and, and ride it into the ground Chris and I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here on the in the second week of December talking about how how much of a blowout that game is in the state championship. And why McCauley will probably be ranked in the nation after after this season? That's that's wild, but well deserved. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Ray County and Ottawa now. It's a game that we had as our Friday night rivals game on the CW. Ray County with a thirty-five-seven win over Ottawa. Ray County proved they're a wing T team that can throw the football on Friday night because, mm-hmm. and we we knew this going into this game that Udawa had had some problems in pass coverage. Udawa had given up big plays this year in the secondary, some busted coverage, and Ray County did a nice job of exploiting that, taking advantage of it. They, you know. They just did a – look, when you play Ray County, it's like they constantly keep the pressure on you. They use the clock. Uh, they can hit you for the big play, or they can bleed that clock down. And, you know, they had a 15-play drive. They went – it was a 60-yard drive, Chandler, but they went 15 plays in 60 yards. And they just used the clock, milked it down, first quarter – Bam. You know, Ottawa has a three and out to start the game. Ray County puts together a 60-yard, 15-play drive after an Ottawa punt. They scored a touchdown, and there's like four minutes left in the first quarter. And each team had had the ball one time at that point. So it's just that's just how they play. Um, Ray County is one. I want to see this team now going forward in the playoffs and and let's see let's see what Ray County can do. Mark Pemberton said this week that he thought they had enough depth this year to be able to that they could be healthy going into the playoffs. They're now 2 and 0 in the region. They've got they they lost to Alcoa to start mm-hmm. the season. They've beat uh, Elizabethton, they've beat Anderson County, they beat Udawa. They've there's they've still got a game coming up against Walker Valley. Mm-hmm. They've got Red Bank coming up this week. So Ray County's gonna get a wounded Red Bank team 
on Friday night they're going to have to contend with. They've still got a game coming up as well against Bradley Central, which is a, not a region game, but it's one of those games that I think can be a measuring stick game. And I think that's that'll be one we talk about because Bradley Central has just been so impressive this year. And I think we're kind of already penciling in Walker Valley as that region champ. But, Chris, do not sleep on Ray County. I do not. I mean, both these teams are going to be in – I believe both these teams will, will host in the playoffs. But, Chris, I say a big but here, do not count out Ray County to host the first two rounds. I mean, that, that's that's what I, how good I think this Ray County team is. Um, and by the way, Chris, I just want to say that everybody kind of thought last year that this region that they're in, that 14 region they were in, was a little overrated. Ray County and Walker Valley, you know, you take some 6A teams, put them down in 5A, they were unfazed. I mean, I know this is a kind of a wounded Udawa team, and it's a shame that they just got their line back this week because I think if they'd had their line, their offensive line back sooner, they might have been able to kind of push and make this a game, Chris, because um, it's always kind of rusty when you come in that first game. And, you know, everybody said how overrated it was. I don't think these two teams, Walker Valley and Ray County, I know we're talk, we'll talk about Walker Valley here in a minute. I don't think they're underrated whatsoever. You know, for Udawa, for me, you know, I think – they could still make the playoffs. It's going to be an uphill climb for them. And, Chris, I'm just glad that we're into the point of the football season and we can finally start talking about playoff and playoff implications. That makes me feel like we're in the middle of a football season, and we are. And it makes me feel alive because who knows, playoffology might be just around the corner. And here's the thing, Chris. I want to say this before, I, before I, we go on our next game. When that wing tee for Ray County is working, and it is working good, it is a beautiful beautiful thing to watch i don't think anybody in our area runs that wing t as good as they do nope. and at that and at that level of school like 5a you know 5a 6a you don't see that a whole lot okay let me say this. the smaller schools yes you see it a lot because they have to run it because they only have certain athletes and they're trying to put that emphasis on their line here's the thing chris for ray county when they run that wing T, you might see that. If, if you have Ray County in your schedule, there's a pretty good chance, and you're a 5A, 6A, even 4A team, there's a good chance, Chris, that you are just – that's going to be the only wing T team you play in your season. At schools and, at that level, Chandler, it's a lot like facing an option team, you know, in college football yeah. now. You know, nobody wants to play – nobody wants to play Army – uh, in the middle of the year because you don't want to have to get ready to face that, you know, triple option offense. It's the same We're sort Southern. of Southern. Yep, and it's the same sort of thing with, with Ray County. You're right, though. And nobody runs it. You know what's coming, mm-hmm. and you still can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember this, Chris. I, you know, a couple of years ago, Georgia State, when they were still in – or Georgia Southern, when they were still an FCS team, they went – they played Florida. I believe and they won. were at Florida – and yeah. won that game without throwing a pass. Yeah. Without completing a pass, excuse me, in that game running the wing tee. That shows you just how hard it is to play that wing tee. And I think the higher up you go with that wing tee, you just can't stop it because you don't see it ever. You know, and it's kind of like that split back veer, you know, after Colquitt kind of, you know, went away and he started coaching other places. People didn't see that split back veer. We were always told when I was in high school, that's going to be the only time they face a split back veer that season. And it throws people off. And that sometimes is what gets you the win is because it throws people off because they only have one week to prepare for it instead of, you know, seeing it last week kind of in the opponent you had before and maybe the next week. So 
that's why it works so well, and Ray County runs it absolutely beautiful. Let's talk about the Holy War. Silverdale got a 33-29 win over Boyd Buchanan. The Seahawks are now 4-0. and They are 2-0 and in region play. Boyd Buchanan is 1-3, and and they are winless at 0-2 in the region. I love the fact, Chandler, that Silverdale ran a trick play on the first play of the game, and it went for a 51-yard <laughs> touchdown pass. Uh, Brett Rogers had another big night. Our man, Connor DeLashman, shout out to Connor. He uh, he follows us on uh, Twitter and uh, uh, tags us in a, in a lot of stuff and always enjoys seeing his highlights. But Connor DeLashman, 123 yards on 30 carries. Uh, look, Boyd Buchanan was able to hang in there, but at the end, Silverdale, in this core group of athletes they have, Delashment, Brett Rogers, Qualls, um, all those receivers they have, it's, this is just a nice, really nice group of athletes that I think play as much for each other as they do for their school or, or for themselves. I mean, they just – Silverdale's not big – we talked about this a little bit last week. This isn't a football team that's just huge. They don't have a bunch of yeah. they don't have a bunch of two hundred and eighty or three hundred pound kids across the offensive line. They're mm-hmm. kind of undersized. Uh, Boyd Buchanan had a size advantage on them, but the one thing Silverdale has is a whole lot of want to, and yeah. they just got more want to than you. And I think these kids at Silverdale, they just want it so bad. They they just flat out refuse to lose. I don't know how far this team's going to go. I know Chandler. You've said you think they're a dark horse for uh, to at least make it to the Blue Cross Bowl. I don't know how far Silverdale is going to go, but man, I'll tell you what. They, we're going to keep following them because this is a fun football team. At the end of the day. Now you remember a prediction I brought up in a previous episode. Yeah. I see how this works, Chris. I see how it works. Now, so you I'll, do. So you have selective memory. That's what it is. Okay. That's that's good, what good, my good. wife tells me. So <laughs> maybe there's something to that. You should get that checked out, or maybe not. So you can have that excuse, Chris. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I think this is a a this is a really good game to watch. Silverdale was kind of ahead. Boy Buchanan kind of pulled theirself back into this. Just didn't have enough to get into it. Brett Rogers, 189 yards for three TDs. Uh, two inter- I mean, they had, both these teams had three turnovers, so this was a sloppy game, Chris. Let's go ahead and say that. And by the way, I just want to give you a quick math here. Okay, Silverdale ran 73 plays, 28 minutes of possession. They were running two and a half plays a minute when they had the ball. Wow. That is a – and that is – even for the high school level, that is a fa- – I mean, that's – you know, they're not going up tempo, but for a, a team that's just going at a regular pace – that is a pretty big pace, you know, when you're not doing those kind of things and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they can at times, but I just want to say two and a half plays. Actually, it's over two and a half plays. I'm just, you know, rounding it down. Two and a half plays, I think it's like 2.6 plays a minute they were running when they had the ball. They weren't as efficient running the ball, but they got the job done. This is a sloppy game. We can kind of put that up as a flute there. I would like to see a little bit more from this defense going forward, Chris. That is my only qualm about Silverdale is – you can win against Boyd Buchanan and even CCS when you outscore them and turn it into a barn burner, Chris. What about when you go up against Lipscomb? What about when you go up against CPA? What about when you're in the semifinals and you don't have the ball and you've got the lead and they've got two minutes to get down the field? How are you going to fare? 
that's the only qualm I have about them because their offense is rolling as, as good as any other offense in our area. I would like to see, and I hate to be a negative Nelly here because they did such a good job. It was such a good game to, to watch but in the past two games they played in. But I want to see more from this defense, especially that secondary. It seems like they are kind of letting people pass them, and they're, they're kind of, at least in the stat sheet, they're kind of picking what they're defending, and they, they pick wrong sometimes. Because it seems like the other teams are more efficient with their offense, both rushing and and passing, than Silverdale is in, in, in the past two games they played against Boy Buchanan and CCS. But yet Silverdale has come ahead because they just score more points, even though they're not as efficient as maybe the teams they play. So that's what's odd to see about this team. Let's go to Marion County and Bledsoe County now. Marion with a 31-10 to 10 win. This game was tied at the half in Marion County. Just Their athletes kind of took over in the second half of this game. Um, big plays were the difference. Marion County averaged 17 yards a rush attempt. And that was the difference in this game. Marion County with a bunch of big plays. Uh, they've got... They just got a lot of speed at Marion County, and it's it's speed that I don't think they've had. Riley Rogers, Alex Condra, they've got guys there that can absolutely run, and that's what they did in the second half to pull away from Bledsoe. Marion County also did a good job of containing Bledsoe County's playmakers. Um, you know, Cadillac Severe had a had a nice game, but they didn't let him get carried away right like they didn't let him take over the game they didn't let Harmon keith take over the game they did a good job of holding those guys in check understanding yeah we know you're going to get a few yards on us every now and then we've just got to be able to contain you and not let you rip off a big run and that's exactly what marion county did i've said before i think marion county defensively this is one of the best defenses they've had um, I really feel like that. I think defensively they are a really good team. Feel the same way about this uh, this region right now, Chandler, in 3-2-A, that I, I feel about that uh, 4-A region with Central and East Hamilton. I think you, we can start eliminating teams now, and I think we can go ahead and eliminate Bledsoe County. I know it's only one game and it's one loss, but right now this feels like it's Megs, Marion, and Tyner now. And the month of October in this region is going to be really, really interesting because everything is going to have to, with Mary and Megs and Tyner, all that whole little trifecta there between the three of them, it's all going to work itself out. I think one of those teams is going to represent the East in 2A. One of those three teams will be at Finley, okay? Like, let's just go ahead and say that. I mean, they, they are tough. Here's the thing, Chris. I want to say this, too. Bledsoe County, they already lost to Megs County, technically, because they have the COVID loss to Megs. That's right. So they now are, at best, a third seed. Because I think right now it's Megs, Marion, Tyner, Bledsoe. Honestly, that Tyner-Bledsoe game is going to be crucial, but it's not going to be for a home playoff game like we thought it might be. Okay? Bledsoe County did a good job coming out the gate. You know, first half controlling Marion County, 
They got to the second half. They just could not hold back the offense for Marion County and those athletes. Marion County had the better defense. I said that I did not, I did not think they had seen a backfield like Bledsoe County. They hadn't for a half. They saw them in the first half. They said, all right, we've seen it. Let's adjust. They made the better adjustments. They win on the road. This effectually puts Bledsoe County out of the home playoff game. I hate to say that this soon, but I think when you look at this region, you are absolutely right when you say this, Chris. Go ahead and get the recorder out. I know you don't hear me say that much. But this is going to be the region in our area that we talk about the most because any one of those three teams, somebody from this region is going to represent the East. Let's just go ahead and get that out. We don't know whether it's Marion, Megs, or even Tyner. And here's the thing. When we talked to Stephen Harkin for the season, what was this, the last six out of the seven years, Chris, one of those three teams has represented the East? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so it's not I mean I mean it's not a bold prediction to say that, Chris, but I mean that is crazy when you think about it. now they've moved over to another region and it just made these teams it feels like it made it made these teams so much better because now the tension and the pressure is on each one of those three teams and, and it was four teams until Friday night. I think Bledsoe County is effectively out of the hunt. It's SETN preps, Chris Go Fourth Chandler Morrison. We do it every week, twice a week. We review on Monday, and then coming up on Thursday, we'll have a fresh episode that will be a preview episode of what is coming up this Friday night. We also do rankings. We get to those later in the week. And on Mondays, we like to do what we call our Friday night reveals. This is where we talk about what was revealed to us on Friday night. Chandler, I'm going to go for – oh, wait, before we get to this, uh, Walker Valley – with a 19-13 win over Smith County in a game that had to go into overtime. Now, Chandler, I was at Ottawa in a press box. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. Haven't had an opportunity to really follow up with anybody to find out the details on it. Can you shed some light on Walker Valley and Smith County and what went down? Chris, this is a time to let the viewers know that if you think you have everything that there is to know about high school sports and you're up to date on Friday nights, let me tell you something. You're probably not as up to date as you think you are, and you need to go follow our Twitter account. Great plug in there, Chris, I know, because we had this one covered. I mean, like, we, we can pull up a lot of these games online now, and I can watch them and see them, Chris. I watched this one on the Smith Cash stream. This had the makings of an upset. Walker Valley on the road. Smith County's defense just held up. There was not a score at all in this game until the fourth quarter. Like, I kept I kept looking over, and I'm like, okay, halftime 0-0. That can't be right, Chris. This is Walker Valley we're talking about, 0-0. Zero zero. I'm like, how is this possible? And I got a confirmation from someone. I was like, oh, this is 0-0 zero zero because they finally tweeted out the halftime score. Fourth quarter, 0-0. Zero zero. They finally score a, a field goal. Walker Valley does. Smith County comes right back, scores a, a field goal of their own. This was a classic, Chris. There was not a touchdown scored until the second overtime of, of this game. It kind of reminds me of that. Remember that Grace, um, Grace, I think it's Grace uh, in, in Knoxville, Grace, and South Pittsburgh, you know, maybe about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I, think, I think Grace was out of the playoffs, so it was their last game of the season, and it was like the final score was 3-0, you know. It kind of reminded me of that. What do? And here's the thing. It was a field goal. Uh, that was missed off a block for Smith County. I think I, I believe what I saw on film when I watched it. I couldn't go back and watch it because I couldn't scroll uh, scroll back to it. But I believe it was a blocked field goal in the first possession of the third overtime. Walker Valley comes in, scores a touchdown on that, or scores on that. I believe it was a touchdown there on the last possession. There they win the game, walk off, 
and here's what you take away from this one, Chris. Walker Valley just showed you that their defense alone can win games. That offense did not score points until the fourth quarter, did not get in the end zone to the second overtime. They still won the game, Chris. And that shows me all I need to know about this Walker Valley defense going forward because here's the thing. I'm not worried about Walker Valley. They could have given up a score early if they didn't. This was a fluke game, an absolute fluke of a game. This doesn't happen. They played this game 100 times, Chris. This doesn't happen, but maybe this once. And you play it another 100 times, it probably won't happen again. Here's the thing, Chris. This is a fluke. I'm not worried about Walker Valley, but I am very, very impressed, as I have been all season with this defense, because here's the thing. You don't go to three overtimes and not score a touchdown to the second overtime if you don't have a great defense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I like Walker Valley on both sides of the ball. They're mm-hmm. very good offensively. They are very good defensively. And I have been to Smith County before, and that is not a fun place to go play. No, it is not. Uh, you also can't get cell service there, yeah. by the way. Like, you're in this hole in Carthage, mm-hmm. and there it's is no – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're in like you're, – you're down in yeah. like a hole – and the you press walk up box the hill, down the hill. <laughs> yep, press box is made out of cinder blocks. Uh, there's there's no absolutely zero cell phone service in that place. So, yeah, it, but it is an intimidating place. It really is. Honestly, it's one of the great places for high school football. I think in in the state, it's like going to. It's one of those communities like going to South Pittsburgh, going to Gordonsville. Um, going to Oneida, Smith County, Carthage, Tennessee is one of those kind of places where it's just a, uh, it can be in it real, uh, the intimidation factor there can be real high. So that's a good win for Walker Valley to, uh, mm-hmm. to get out of there with the dub. All right, let's take a look around at our, some of the other games now as we get into our Friday night reveals and what was revealed to us. Chandler, I will go first. A couple things. One, really hate it. You know, we had Grant Reynolds on from uh, East Hamilton back in the summer, and he told us about his team was going to play Paul Bryant High School in Mm -hmm. Tuscaloosa. And that he had worked it out with the University of Alabama and the kids were going to go down and they were going to be able to get a tour of the facility and then they were they were going to go to the Bear Bryant Museum and then they were going to go over and play the game. Well, the game got canceled because of a work shortage for the bus company that was scheduled to take East Hamilton mm-hmm. down to Tuscaloosa. They didn't have they didn't have a bus driver that could drive the bus. So East Hamilton wasn't able to go. I hate that those kids missed out on what I think would have been a really, really cool opportunity. Uh, We talk about Friday night reveals, though. Man, Tito Boyd's a stud. If I didn't know that before, 300 yards rushing and two more touchdowns for Cleveland, and they beat a pretty good Farragut team, 27-24. to Cleveland is now 4-1 overall. The other thing that was revealed to me on Friday night is that it is Macaulay's world, and the rest of us are just living in it uh, with the way <laughs> with the way Macaulay is playing right now. And then, you know, finally, and, and the last thing that I will that I will add is uh, Silverdale. I mean, four zero start. 
that has become and and you know you and I we have these these funny little uh, funny little topics and and things that we we do in our our end of the year show we do a a big end of the season award show where we give out fictitious awards because we don't have enough money to actually buy awards to give people but uh right now you talk about the best story in this high school football season it's Silverdale Mm-hmm. And the job that Mike Connor and his coaches have done, and what they've been able to put together at Silverdale, uh, they're fun, man. That is a fun football program right now. Yeah, it is a really fun football program right now, Chris. And, and I just got to say, you know, I, you know, I, I know TWSAA's probably been looking for another sponsor for Blue Cross and all that, and. Just, just, just call Macaulay. Just call Jeff Romero over there. They'll, they'll call it the Macaulay Invitational. It'll be a cool thing because, <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we try to get things going on this show. We've done a lot of things. So, I mean, that that's just needs to be the plan going forward. What was revealed to me Friday night, I don't think it's really a surprise, Chris, um, but South Pittsburgh is back. They were a little rusty. It was almost like a first game for them, 14-0 at the half. Then they did South Pittsburgh things and went off. By the way, I believe Whitwell had three straight drives where they had a turnover, still only trailed 14-0 at the half. That's kind of how bad a second quarter uh, South Pittsburgh was having. And then they get into the third quarter, and they turn around and uh, do South Pittsburgh things and went off. By the way, Chris, I was doing a little research while I was saying that. Uh, last time Silverdale got off to a 4-0 start uh, was 2013. I was still in high school, so just to make you feel old for the this it's, podcast. It's well, I mean, it's it's been a while, yeah. but good for them, yeah. good for them, and and yes, you are a hundred percent right about yeah. South Pittsburgh Chandler, um, and we talked about it uh, earlier this uh, last week on Thursday mm-hmm. after the whole debacle went down with with Chris Jones bailing on those kids. Mm-hmm. Look, South Pittsburgh's going to be fine. They got they got good coaches in place. They got a cal- talented football team. I think what we saw in the first half, Chandler, was mm-hmm. from them was more about a team that was rusty from having having not played in a couple of weeks, exactly. rather than it was the stuff that went on. Or people are going to say, "Oh, well, you know, all those kids had to go through last week." Yeah. And I look, mm-hmm. they did. I get all of that, but I think what happened in the first half uh, for South Pittsburgh was more about them mm-hmm. trying to shake the dust off than it was yep. anything else. Yeah, and I got two more here real quick, Chris. Uh, Hickson gets its first win of the season on the field. They scored 34 after not scoring a single point in a game this season, so way to come out for the party there. They get their second region win of the season, by the way, um, and so they, they're they two, they're 2 and 0 oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, they, they got two win, region wins, excuse me, in, in, in their play right now. First win was a COVID against Sequoia. Talking about another team that gets its first win of the season, Selkirk. It's a region win uh, over Copper Basin. Out of, out of all teams, we kind of you know assume Copper Basin's the second or third seed. May not be the case this year. This win will likely put them in the playoffs just on that win alone. This may catapult them into a possible home playoff game. And I'm going to say this, Chris. This is a potential story here. I want to put this prediction out there. Sell Creek hosts a playoff game for the first time in school Whoa. history. The first year that they actually have a home stadium. Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, because you look at it, Chris, if they're better than Copper Basin, I think they're better than Lookout Valley. It's going to come down to that Whitwell game. 
they could host a, a playoff game for the first time in school history, and that would just be a monster story for a program that's only existed since, what, the early 2010s, late 2000s, Chris? Yeah. A football program. Yeah. And only got their And only got their football stadium on campus this year. Like, they literally opened it like two weeks ago for their first game at home, Chris. And I got to say, that would just be a fantastic story in my mind to see them get that. And I'm, I'm going to make the prediction. I'll eat crow again. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to a little bit of crow every now and then, Chris. Uh, it does help. It's a healthy diet to have everything in moderation. Right? <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But that's my prediction right now. And we'll, we'll see whether Chris really has selective memory loss or not because uh, we'll – Later in the season, when they do have that home playoff game, he will not recall me ever saying this, even though I'm saying it about five times in a row, so he can't forget. Is that it? Are you done? (laughs) Do you have anything else? The the soapbox is yours, Chris. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us then here on this Monday edition of SETN Preps. Make sure you hang out with us again on Thursday. We'll come back. We will take a preview of uh, Friday night's action. Chandler, I have not looked ahead yet. I know there is that – I know Udawa plays Baylor because I talked about that game a little bit on Friday night. And uh, Ray County and Red Bank are playing. So there's some good games coming up this week. So um, Chandler and I will break it all down on on Thursday on our uh, next episode of SETN Preps. You can find us, by the way, at, on Twitter, at SETN Preps. Make sure you give us a follow there. If you're headed out to a game on Friday night, we'll keep you updated. If you're at a game, shoot us the score. And if you're there, you can snap a pic, tweet it to us, again, at SETN Preps. You can uh, like us on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcast. We're also available on Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Anchor.fm. You can leave uh, you can leave a message, tell Chandler what a big old dork he is, and uh, you can also sponsor our podcast uh, yes. at Anchor.fm. If you want to be a contributor, you can do that there. We have a YouTube channel, a website at setnpreps.com. Our Instagram page is growing. So stop looking at Instagram models and look at SET and preps on Instagram. That's going to do it for us. Chandler, you got anything else? Yeah, Chris. I, I mean, I just got to say, listen, just, just follow us on social media. Go on there. Check us out because we got a lot of great content going out. And uh, no no, no bad pictures on our Instagram. We are no, no. just football schools. No, no. So, no, so there, will be, there will be no topless pictures. <laughs> No topless pictures. We are not going. We're not going rogue like Britney Spears did a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know, they got somebody's got to sponsor this podcast because someone has to pay for stupidity because it doesn't pay. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, enjoy your week, and we'll see you on Thursday. Hey, this is Chandler from SETM Preps. We hope that you're enjoying the SETM Preps podcast and all we have to offer. If you really, really enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to get some listener support. As little as 99 cents a month could help us out tremendously. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm, search SETM Preps podcast, and click on the listener support button is all you got to do to help us out. We'd really appreciate it and really appreciate your support. And thank you for listening to SETM Preps.